Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host today. I'm here with Dan Eiten. Hey, hey. And um, a, a, a friend, like a person who I've actually traveled to an undisclosed country with to uh, actually do training. Uh, this is Katie Allred. And um, I don't know what to, I don't know really how to, to describe her because she's like a professor. She, if you're in church communications, you already know who she is because she runs a, a, a major group on Facebook. In fact, she's over groups on Facebook. If you're a Christian nonprofit, you probably uh, know her as well. She's got a book coming out on church communications, but we're really not here to necessarily talk about that book. We're t- here to talk about five questions about church communications that um, will help you do it better and more practical and immediately applicable stuff should come right out of this because if there's anything I know about Katie is um, she gets down to the brass tacks pretty quickly. So uh, Katie, hey, thank you so much for being on today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I feel like you just said so many nice things about me. And um, we have been together on the other part of the world uh, or in the other part of the world. And uh, it was a great time and I highly recommend it. 10 out of 10 recommend going to the other side of the world with Todd Atkins. Well, um, and we, the okay, so I, I feel like we need to uh, talk about this just a little bit without talking about it. So we were going with a organization that does training Mm-hmm. for in in social media Parachurch and communications yeah. yes in places that you shouldn't be doing that in and so right. um we went somewhere we shouldn't go and talked to people that we shouldn't about have talked to ministry. about doing things that they shouldn't do in the name of jesus uh excellent <laughs> it sounds so sketchy when you put it like that but yeah it doesn't I mean, yeah, yeah. It doesn't. Dan's like, it um, absolutely does. It does. <laughs> no. But we all we, understand what you were doing and think it's a good thing. Excellent. Thank excellent. You. Excellent. Uh, I just don't want to potentially. Gospel. Yes. I potentially would like to do this again and don't want to go to jail anywhere um, that true. I might travel to do this. So I'm not That's saying true. anything else. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're here to talk about church communications in the good old US of A primarily. Um mm-hmm. Talk to us about why is church communications important in the first place? Yeah, you know, it feels like church communications is where youth ministry was at 20 years ago. So if everybody remembers, you know, 2006, uh, it was the height of church population. Uh, We had so many people in church. Uh, Almost everybody uh, was attending a church in America at that point. Um, And there were so many youth and uh, we had to deal with all of them, all the millennials. And so everybody had to hire a youth pastor like full time. This was like the height of youth ministry uh, at the time. And today feels like it's the same thing, but with communication channels, there are so many communication channels. Um, There are so many different ways to get the gospel out. And it feels like most churches just feel like they're underwater when it comes to that because they don't even know where to get started and they don't want to waste their time. So yeah, I feel like communications has come just or become really just one of the major 
issues that churches are having to deal with now and how do they do it really well, right? Used to be only a couple of ways that you could communicate with your community or congregation. Now there's a million different ways. So one of the things that's really interesting to me is, you know, some people would look at social media and say, Uh, It's a cesspool. Like, I I don't want to be there. All it does is drive a wedge within my congregation. Why would I want more people to, you know, interact or engage there, Mm -hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera? Um, You know, personally, I would hearken back to. You know, the same printing press when it was invented uh, led ultimately yeah, led said to it was awful, right? Yeah. yeah. The same the same one that printed indulgences also mm-hmm. printed the Bible. Yeah. So it's just really important to understand that this is a vehicle that right. we have that 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 we can use. Yeah. Talk about the importance of so engaging in that. Yes. I think you know Yeah, I mean, for sure, the Internet can be a dark place. It can be a bleak place. What I have challenged churches to do is to challenge your congregations to uh, give some ministry back to them to become salt and light on the Internet. Right. Like Jesus, like wanted us, like propelled us, uh, commissioned us, if you will, to be salt and light on the Internet. But how do we do that? Right. I think it's by like spreading kindness and being positive. Um, Most people are like, well, I just don't want to engage at all. Like because there's so much negativity, I'm just not going to do anything. That's what I hear a lot of times is because there's so much negativity, I'm doing nothing. And I'm like, you're leading. You're still doing the problem. Then you're like part of the problem if you're doing nothing. Um, If you want to see the Internet become a wonderful place that helps people find your church, helps people find Christ then you have to be part of that solution, okay? And if that is, uh, you know, part of, I think what God has called us to is obviously to spread the gospel. And uh, I think that requires us to do it online as well. Katie, I feel like, you know, when I, when I was young growing up going to church, the way that we were communicated to as a congregation was a bulletin. And I mm-hmm. think my church had a monthly newspaper that they put yeah. out at church. You pick it up at mm-hmm. church, it didn't get mailed anywhere. Yeah. Um, but you know, today, you know, I, I come from being an executive pastor at a church and I was, we were constantly having the question of how do I communicate well with our church? And I feel like sure. over the years that I was there, it was an ever evolving target of it's mm-hmm. Facebook groups. Now it's Instagram stories. Now it's this, like now it's that, you know, what, what are your, you know, coming to our second question here today, like what are some of the best practices or what are some of the opposing mm-hmm. views um, that people have when it comes to just general church communications? Well, I think that you have to realize that you can't be on every channel. You can't be everywhere. Like I said, there are so many different ways that you can communicate with your community. There's so many different ways. I think first, the smartest thing you can do is survey your people and ask them, where are they now? Right. Do they like using uh, the social media platform over that social media platform? Okay, then maybe that's where you should start, because you're going to find more people like the people who are in your church to, you know, engage with if you are on that platform. I don't think that you need to be on every platform. Hear me say that like loud and clear. I think that like a lot of people think like. 
especially churches, will get caught up in, I, I need to be on everything. If, if you're on everything, you're not doing anything well. Um, and so pick, you know, one or two things and do them really well. And then you will see results from that. And, you know, I grew up too in the same thing, like having a bulletin. And then our senior adults had a, a newsletter called Forever Young, right? <laughs> um, and uh, the newsletter was like just full of gossip, which was amazing, honestly. So, I mean, I grew up in the same kind of situation, Dan, and I loved it. Like, that's why I fell in love with church communication, because I loved even the simplicity of that. But now I think we're just, there's, the whole world is out there now at our fingertips. Um, and I feel like the Great Commission is so large. And it's like, how can we help people do that better? And I think it's also enabling the people in our congregations to do it better as well. So what are some best practices that are out there as far as, you know, that for, for different churches or organizations? What are some best practices that you would say you should implement? Yeah, I think the next version of the web is more personal and less um, corporate. And I think also church uh, has gone through this wave too of becoming very corporate. Um, but I think that a lot of people are just so desiring authenticity online, which is why I think, you know, platforms like Instagram Reels or TikTok has really taken off uh, because there are people who are authentically sharing their lives. They're not, you know, I mean, obviously there's filters and stuff, but like for the most part, it's people just picking up a camera and talking to you. It's not like a three camera shot uh, set in a really nice set or whatever. It's just somebody picking up the phone. And I was just talking to a minister just a minute ago and I was like, and I've been talking to ministries about how there's just no place online. Um, Google would prefer to actually send people, you know, to a local authority, but most of the time churches don't have answers to simple questions on their website. Right. Right. Like how to pray or why do we sing songs in worship? I mean, like really simple stuff. And I think that churches should be doing that on social media too. I think that's just really the most authentic, easy thing you can do is create this content that helps answer these really simple questions as well. So I feel like for me, like the best practice and like what we should be communicating is just who we are and what we believe and why we believe it and doing that on a consistent basis and answering questions as they come up in culture and being as clear and honest as we can be. You know, I would uh, I would add something to that really quickly and say, hey, make sure that anything that you do produce, you know, and, and Katie just uh, told us you, you don't have to have a three camera shoot, a production guy or whatever. The beautiful thing about today versus the 90s um, is authenticity trumps excellence. Excellence is actually looked upon by a new generation as uh, I don't know. Yeah. Or, or I'm not, I don't know about this. I don't know if I trust these guys. Yeah. Uh, they don't trust it. No, it's they authority, don't trust right? it. They don't, they don't trust authority and therefore an authority would have good quality cameras. Right. So you authenticity know, so. matters. The, the other piece I would say is make sure that any content you produce is not a cul-de-sac, meaning that um, a lot of times we'll make something and it might be great, but it doesn't lead to anywhere else. It's just informational right. or we'll tell people about something, but we don't go through the extra effort of saying, ah, 
what do I want them to ultimately do with this? Where do I want them to go after this? Um, And really think about, you know, the next step. Like, why am I doing this? Let's not have any wasted communication. Um, People are getting increasingly averse to noise. And if what you produce is a cul-de-sac, it will be deemed noise and they won't listen next time or open that email or watch that next thing. Um, so it's really important that you you really consider that. The other thing, last thing I would say, sorry, is that all these things are connected, especially like when you think about Google and YouTube and Google Maps and anything that you're searching, as Katie pointed out, is um, is local, is given prominence. So remember that all these things are connected, even podcasts. I mean, Google has made a major, major uh, play and going after podcasts in addition to YouTube because Gen X and boomers, we Google it. Uh, the youngins, they YouTube it. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so it, it's, they have all the market cornered and just remember that as you're creating content. But I think too, like just to add on to that, Todd, like remember when you're on YouTube to name your sermons as if somebody's searching for what you're giving them. Oh, that's so really instead of just labeling your sermon January 12th, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Romans, like, cause nobody's searching for January 12th Romans. Nobody could care less. But if you had like a sermon series, um, walking through some specific issues or whatever, um, maybe saying like how, how to pray or something and then, or whatever, questions that people are actually looking for with their felt needs and label your sermon that it would actually yeah. be much more helpful or putting it at least in the description, you know, somewhere totally. where people can search for it. You can still be expository guys. You just title yeah, it. That's fine. Title just title it, it better. Absolutely. <laughs> just do better. <laughs> One of the things we love to do on this podcast is talk about how things work from both a big church context and a small yeah. church context. We've got people that listen uh, mm-hmm. the spectrum of churches. I th- when sure. I think about church communications, I typically think that a large church usually does really well reaching potentially even outside of their church. And a mm-hmm. small church sometimes does really well reaching inside of their church but struggle with the, you know, getting new people or communicating with those outside their church. Do do you feel that way? And what are some of the best ways for a church to do well at both, uh, you know, reaching externally and internally? So funny because I actually, I actually kind of feel the opposite. I feel like big churches do a great job at working with all the people that are inside their church and small churches do a better job at reaching people in their actual community. But but that's me. I don't know. Like, I mean, I get, I, we, we can like probably go back and forth about that, but like, um, because I grew up in a small church, I, you know, and I, I worked in a mega church. So I've seen a little bit of both. Um, and you know, I think it's so different in each context, right? So like at a small church, um, I think that like I said, don't feel like you have to do everything, but do some things really well. Um, and that can be serving your community through like obviously uh, feeding people or, you know, obviously sending information out. But I think what's that what what can work for both um, is really, gosh, what can work for both is creating like a strategy that actually supports um, the community in a really unique way by 
doing like reviews and spreading positivity on the internet of things that are happening in the community. So uh, I think a lot of people are probably part of neighborhood groups, right? And like neighborhood groups are uh, sometimes a dumpster fire <laughs> or, you know, like they can There's be. There's one happening uh, in my, uh, my community right now. About right now. So yes. I've oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, so much fun, right? <laughs> Um, or there's like, you know, I'm in a group called Nolansville 411, right? Because I live in Nolansville. And sometimes it can be a dumpster fire and sometimes it can be the greatest thing ever. But you know what you can do in there is you can say, hey, I'm starting a Bible study in my house. Would you like to join? It doesn't matter if you're a small church or a big church. This is a great way for you to get involved in your community. But then also you can just post positive reviews of different places that you eat at, or maybe you had great service at a tire shop or whatever. And then you will have a relationship with the people that you reviewed. And then a lot of other people will see your name. Um, people will want to become your friend because you're writing in this group all the time and you're writing such nice things about people. And it's just an easy way to like kind of open up a conversation because that's all we're trying to do. You know, somebody asked me earlier, like, what can my pastor do instead of just posting to his page all the time? He doesn't like doing that. He doesn't want to post to his page. He doesn't want to like post Bible verses randomly. He doesn't want to, um, you know, he doesn't want to like post pictures of his grandchildren. That's not him. And I was like, okay, like, like instead, why not he just get out in the community and when he goes gets his tires rotated, he takes a picture of the guy who t rotated his tires and talks about how great this guy was or whatever the service he was. And he was like, actually, he would like to do that. Like that's something he actually would enjoy. And I'm like, yeah, just celebrating people in your community is a great way to minister to them because they're not celebrated. You know, uh, I think that we forget that like part of our calling is to reach people um, reach people with the gospel and, and to celebrate them, uh, when we can. And so, yeah, I just, I think that's always a fun, different way that you can do that. I, I would say, um, the intentionality trumps excellence. Again, if you're a smaller church, you yeah. think, Oh, I can't do this. I don't have a person mm -hmm. to like follow me around or right. I don't have anybody to schedule all this or whatever. Right. right. But you, as Katie said, you can be intentional to say, I mean, even if your strategy was, hey, twice a week, pastor, um, all I need you to do is wherever you are, if it's a mm -hmm. restaurant or if it's getting your tires changed or whatever, I need you to post that experience, use yeah. this hashtag for our church and use whatever social media handle is for the business. Yeah. I guarantee you within a month, uh -huh. There's going to be two or three interactions that um, somebody is going to show up at your church that wasn't uh -huh. there before. Whether it's right. the the guy that you took a picture with that you you know you got your tires rotated, he he's probably going to get you know some kind of reward or clap yeah, for it. employee kind of meeting right? or yeah. you know whatever. Like you you have the such an amazing um, ability to do twofold: spread a little positivity uh, in your community, but do it in such a way that brings, you know, salt and light to your community. And it's harder to throw shade at your church because people saw you 
talk about how great the server was at Rafferty's and how great the guy was at Discount Tire. Um, and you're building relationships, right? Like not only with the relationships with the people that you're reviewing, but all the people who see that review, right? And comment and say, hey, I've also had great service from Billy Joe at the Discount Tire. It was amazing, <laughs> you know? Like people are gonna be like, oh, that was so nice. I've actually been thinking about getting my tires rotated. Now I know where to go. Like, thank you for letting me know. Like, and all of a sudden you become a trusted person, like a trusted authority and also, like the more your name gets seen, the better for your church because I I know that it will help it grow. Yeah, I feel like this topic of church communications is so massive. Um, there's yeah, so you much can go talk can about talk so many about things <laughs> today. But you know, kind of our last question is, you know, what um, other resources do we have that you want to share about? I know there's a conference that we're working on right now. There's the book. Um, fill us in on all the things church communications um, <laughs> yeah. recommendations for us. Of course. Yeah. So there's my Facebook group is church communications on Facebook. Um, and then of course we have a conference coming up, which is a one day conference at Lifeway downtown Nashville one day, September 22nd. Um, you can find more details at churchcommunications.com slash conference. Again, that's churchcommunications.com slash conference. And um, communications has an S in it, by the way. I think a lot of people forget that. But yeah, I'm really excited because we're going to be planning a community. Like we're going to be just doing a whole day of teaching. It's going to be Todd and I and uh, my friend Jennifer Benton and then also my friend Dave Adamson. And we're going to be just teaching how to build a communication plan and strategy for your church and spending some very intentional time around how you do that and what you can do going forward and building systems and structures and how to work through your creativity. And I'm just really excited because I feel like it's going to be very beneficial. One more thing. Sorry, Dan. Um, I also have a book coming out as well in August uh, with BNH, and it is churchcommunications.com slash book. If you would like to see the landing page, it's available for pre-order now. And you can find it on Amazon or BNH uh, as well. And it's just called Church Communications Methods and Strategies. And can I just say uh, the Facebook group that that Katie and her team run is fantastic. I got into it a few months ago and I as as an executive pastor, I wish we would have been a part of this um, when I was there. There's just a community of okay. church communications people. How many people are in this group, Katie? Thirty one thousand. There you go. So what I'm trying to tell you is Katie is not tooting her own horn, but she <laughs> runs the biggest Facebook group. She also runs groups for Facebook. Yes. Guys, <laughs> this is the person. She's now don't expert. call her, don't come to the conference just to say something about Facebook groups or Facebook. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I just want you to, I just want you to know and understand um, that when she does speak, she does speak with authority. <laughs> okay. Um, and so uh, I really would encourage you to, to check out that book, um, but also check out that conference because it will be uh, well worth the investment. And, and honestly, if you have a church communications person that is either a volunteer or staff person, or you as a, a pastor or church leader just want to learn more about church communications, and you don't have somebody yet to do that. I would say this is a perfect opportunity for you to send somebody there um, to really walk away with a, a plan in place to, to move forward. So that's uh, that's really all I have. 
Yeah, this is this is such a critical topic. And like Katie said it earlier, this is this is one of the big things for the church right now is how do you communicate well when there are so many different places that people are getting content and information from. Um, so consider coming to the conference, consider getting Katie's book. Um, and we are we're just so happy that you could be with us today, Katie. Thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah. uh, as always, um, thank you for listening to the five leadership questions podcast. Um, feel free to rate us and um, leave additional questions in our um, podcast spaces. But thanks so much for listening today. Hope you have a great one.